0: Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it! The Warriors have won on a team-winning shot by Andre
1: Iguodala!
2: Live in the entertainment capital of the
1: world. A split screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron changed with no record for human life. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh!
2: get your daily prescription from the doctor. As Saul says, pay a big ticket. T.C. Martin. Oh,
1: here comes the bird man. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're dynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk.
2: The doctor is now
1: in. Unos dos, tres. Ole! Ole!
0: And a good Thursday to you glad to have you here wherever you may be tc martin ballpark frank in the house Numpchuck on the other side of the glass making it all happen pressing some of the buttons right some of the time like i said some of the time <laughs> all good no 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 not touch it the big seven footer is going to join us today the big bill cartwright as we get ready for the nba playoffs starting next week the play-in tournament Oh, yeah, some strong thoughts and feelings about that. Talk a little NBA with the big seven-footer. Check Esposito is going to join us next hour out at Sunset Station. And we'll be actually broadcasting live from Sunset Station tomorrow. So come on out and see us then, there. Sam Gordon will join us as well today from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll talk NFL schedule release, Raider schedule specifically, Talk a little boxing, aces, and a whole lot more coming your way on the show today. And we start talking about last night's Vegas Golden Knights shutout. They won by a touchdown. Colorado Avalanche won by a touchdown.
1: Combined score, 12-0. Kind of what we talked about yesterday. Right, but you're confusing people because most people think of a touchdown as 7 even though it is 6. So the touchdown without the extra point. Well, that would be a touchdown. Right, but but, is six. but 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 I'm saying, but most people don't equate it that way. You know, it. whenever somebody says yeah. you won by a touchdown, the average Joe thinks of seven points. I was just being accurate, you know. Yes, but six you, points. Yes, but but I'm saying you, you uh, clarifying it for those that are going. Wait a second, I thought it was six to nothing.
0: Or, so or so, nothing. so
1: I've got to dumb it down, is what you're saying. I'm just because saying the average Ammager's thinking have to clarify. seven. Yeah, and 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 depending on the, you know. The team you cheer for could be eight these days. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh,
0: touchdown and two-point conversion. Touchdown and a extra point. A, a PAT, kicked extra point. Because it would be a PAT on the kick because that is a point after touchdown. Point singular, right? right? Yes. Two-point conversion, actually, points. Yeah. Plural. All right. Thanks for clarifying that for me. All right. So, bottom line is, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche—they each won by two field goals.
1: How's that? <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is, uh, they both played teams that did not show up to play. Thank you very much. I mean, it was—it uh, it was pretty much done deal. It, it, at one point, it just became like when you're watching, especially if you're uh, checking out all the people on social media and Twitter and different things, and you know, it became like a contest of okay, well. Who's uh who who's in the lead now? It's like they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, uh, each one. Oh, oh, well, Colorado's up four nothing. Oh, Vegas now just got another. Well, like you said, they both ended up winning six to nothing. So, uh, not exactly edge of your seat mm-hmm. hockey viewing. And now, of course, tonight's the night to see who does get the president's trophy best record in the National Hockey League, the President's Trophy. Even though Vegas, even if Colorado wins tonight, will have one more win Mm. than Colorado. However, not one more regulation win. Yeah, good luck trying to explain that a lot of people don't That's understand that. I'm now. going. Yeah, there you go. I already explained the touchdown thing. That's enough for one day.
0: <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, it's just like we talked about yesterday. Just had this feeling that you're going to be having two teams that were not interested. End of a long season. That's it. We're done. Forget about it. Especially San Jose. They didn't have to travel. They're at home. They slept in their own beds. It's like, we're done. We're checked out ready for vacations, and especially San Jose because, like we said, you played, I don't know what, a quarter of your season of your home games were in Arizona. They were on the road. They
1: played a good amount
0: of – early on in the season, they were down in Arizona Yeah, it was just a mess. And then, let's factor in this too, where you're coming off the season that was started late last year, so you had this, you know – Long gated season. Then you have a a little bit of a condensed season this year with really no off season. And if you're a bad hockey team, it's like, man, you're
1: you probably mailed it in months ago. California is full of bad NHL hockey teams, right? And all three of them are pretty hmm. much garbage.
0: And that state is probably has the toughest protocols to deal with as well, too, with players with fans. So you just. I mean you saw it. I mean you're right. The Ducks and the Kings and the Sharks. I mean, you're talking about bottom feeders, bottom of the barrel in the NHL. And we've talked about it time and time again in that West Division. I mean, those are like are like gimme wins. I and mean, what was the what was the Golden Knights record against San Jose? They year eight eight and oh, right? Uh they might have been that. I, I know that uh I, <laughs> I think
1: I, it was eight and Yeah, I know Colorado's right now six and one against LA and if they right. win tonight it'll be seven and one, mm-hmm. so you know, I guess the only question there is, you know, you know, do the Golden Knights still have a chance to win the President's Trophy because it's going to be the, the battle of backup goaltenders? Maybe, but I certainly wouldn't, you know, if that's what you're counting on, you're in a lot of trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think if you're Colorado, I mean, you just faced this team last night and you saw how disinterested they were and you saw the, I don't want to say lack of talent, but I mean, lack of, of star power. You can say
1: lack of talent. Yeah. They're, they're, they're Especially young. in gold. Yeah, so. I mean, they, they haven't developed. You know, and Jonathan Quick's not what he used yeah. to be, and the other guys, they're not a very good hockey team. Like, like I said, all three teams in the state of California right now are not very good hockey teams. That's, that's just a reality. You know, both games were 6 nothing. We're talking about the Avalanche
0: victory over the Kings last night and then the Golden Knights over the Sharks. But looking at those two games, they were a little bit different. I mean, Colorado just jumped on the Kings immediately. I mean, it was 3 nothing before a, a blink of an eye. And, you know, the Golden Knights, you know, they got their first goal about five minutes into it, and they got the second goal, you know, uh, a little more towards the end of the first period. You know, it was 2 nothing after one. Still never felt it was a game. But But Colorado, they came out to put their – their foot in the throat of the Kings last night and just total domination. Both games ended up domination. And then as the Golden Knights-Sharks game continued to go on, you just see that, okay, now it's it's three, it's four, it's five. Then they add another one, you know, the couple minutes to go in the game. To and make and it Comfort
1: hit had had the, the game-winning goal yeah. against the Golden Knights, his first career hat-trick last Correct. night. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, he you know, he's, he, I guess he picked a good time for it. Now do they finish the deal tonight? I mean, they're minus 450 favorites, for crying out loud. Right. You know, which you generally don't see when you have a backup, backup goaltender yeah. in there. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't bet against them tonight.
0: Yeah, you can't. You know, last night they were minus 240. And uh, and I was going to say that, um, you know, earlier today. I was going to say, okay, before I saw this line, I said, we could see maybe the first $5 hockey line I can't remember the last time I saw a four dollar hockey line, and then I saw four twenty, and like you said, some places up to four forty and four fifty. That's that's ridiculous, but it is. It's the last game of the season. You're going against a team that is playing for, like you said, the best record in the NHL against a team that just can hardly wait for the season to get over. So, Golden Knights lead by two points. So again, a the Golden Knights' season is over. If Colorado wins, technically they're tied, but nope. They will get the number one seed, and they will get the President's Trophy with a victory because, like you said, of more regulation wins.
1: Yeah, and, and, and even if Colorado wins. And, and by wins, far, too, right? By I, far. I think it's like four games yeah. that, they, that they're up on them there. So, so, again, even if Colorado, even if they were to go to overtime or a shootout, as long as they get the win, Vegas just needs the Kings to find a way to win this game. If Colorado gets one point, if they lose in overtime or a shootout, Vegas will still win because they'll win it by that one point. Colorado must win the game in regulation or overtime or shootout. Colorado wins. They have the president's trophy. Vegas wins. Then they get the president's trophy. And it does determine, well, you know, uh, one's going to play Minnesota. One's going to play St. Louis. One will start on Sunday. One will start on Monday. So there is differences. And I also uh, just saw, too, uh, I I noticed a couple people were uh, sending this out in that, that uh, it is $30,000 a player for winning the President's Trophy. So there is a little bit of a cash bonus. Sure. And yeah. I know a lot of people are going to go, well, Mark Stone makes $9 million a year. What's $30,000? Not everybody on the team makes that. Right. Now, you know, they all make decent money. But if you're making $700,000 a year, 30000 is that's a nice little bonus. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take that holiday bonus or no. whatever you want to call it to me. <laughs> that would be infinity times more my salary. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury, ninth straight win.
0: In goal last night, 70, uh, 67th, I should say, career shutout for Fleury. Uh He was phenomenal. Uh, just anoint him right now. Give him the award. Best goalie in the NHL. That would be the Vesna Trophy. The Vesna Trophy. So done deal, right? Now, now they
1: did win the done Jennings. Deal. They won the Jennings. As right. Him and Leonard had the best, uh, right. you know. And, and I did notice, too, it, it's funny because, you know, uh, some of these fans are so adamant and they're, you know, they're such VGK fans. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody posted, Well, remember, Logan Thompson won a game this year too, so it's not just those two that gave up the fewest amount of goals. And that is true. There was one game when neither one of them played, but for the they're they're known as the best goaltending tandem. Right. You know, because I believe they gave up four fewer goals than the New York Islanders tandem did this year. Remember all the talk about Flurry,
0: is he too old, when Leonard signed, and then the off season. You know, what's going to happen, is he going to stay here or not? Well, Mark Andre Florey put together a phenomenal season, became the first goaltender in league history to claim his first individual NHL award in his 17th season or later. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers story to a certain degree. It's like, oh, okay, you know, you guys want to shove me out of town? Okay, I'll be an MVP. Except I'll be an MVP for that, he doesn't season. cry,
1: bitch, and moan, and everything else. That, I didn't say
0: know. he's anything like him in that regard. You're right about that, <laughs> but uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in his sixteenth season, you know, but uh, you know, has an MVP year. Mark Andre Fleury, uh, yeah, first individual NHL award. 17th season or later. That's, that's quite an accomplishment.
1: Arguably playing the best he's ever played. Right? I mean, yeah. he is playing absolutely sensational hockey. And just think of all that talk in the off-season when it seemed like Vegas was doing everything in their power to try to unload him and that salary. Exactly. Wow, would that have blown up in their face if that would have happened. All
0: right, so the big question. We said we we're going to wait until the regular season was over. Uh, who gets the game one start? Flurry Leonard, I don't know Flurry. I don't know how Who you don't it? go
1: with marc Andre Flurry. You got to, I, I just right? don't. But if he's gonna use the rotation, Leonard is next up in the rotation. Yes, he is. He would he would start game number one.
0: It'll be interesting. You to know, see and, what and I
1: I also did notice too that there's been some people taking shots at Flurry because Minnesota is one of the few teams that has a winning record against him throughout his history, and even here in Vegas, but yeah, okay, those are regular season games. They're not playoffs. Marc-Andre Fleury is one of, if not the best goaltender in the entire NHL this year. Robin Leonard's had a good season. Robin Leonard right now, in my opinion, is playing maybe the worst he's played all season. He's had a couple games where he has given up a couple goals in that. Again, the last game that they lost 2-1. to one, I mean, it, it, they didn't lose because of his goaltending. They didn't get anything past Grubauer, but... Robin Leonard has played well, but he's been a little bit sketchy here and there in some of the last few games he's had. Mark Andre Fleury's been sensational all year long and might be playing his best right now. And like you just mentioned, just past I believe Patrick Waffer, you know, with, with that uh, another shutout. It's just, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He he's found the fountain of youth. Well, you know, he's found he he found
0: the the focus part of it. Not that he hasn't been focused. But, again, when you feel that you're being disrespected and you're on your way out the door and you feel that your head coach doesn't believe in you, because literally that's the case. Last year, Peter DeBoer made Leonard the guy. And then when it came playoff time, it's like, okay, what's going to happen here? And and everyone was talking about, well, no, Fleury's going to get, you know, uh, if not an equal amount of starts, he's going to get plenty of starts. He got hardly any starts. So, of course, that's why that talk was there in the offseason. Because Peter DeBoer said, Leonard's their number one. He wouldn't come out and say it. It was like, oh, one and one ain't. No.
1: Leonard was clearly number one. And, and they it's, signed Leonard to the long-term contract, right? right after the that. the goalie of the future for the Golden Knights. Right, in the offseason. So there's the
0: message. So chip on the shoulder for Marc-Andre Fleury. Get it. Uh, call it whatever. Being ultra-focused. But no, this, this guy's trying to prove a point. This is exactly what he's doing. This is what the elite athletes do in every sport. When they feel that they're being disrespected or their back is against the wall. Okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta step up my game, and step up my regiment. And again, how has he done it? Like he's always done it, with class, never shooting off his mouth, never anything derogatory towards the organization, his coach, teammates, whatever. Just strap them up, go in there and play. And like you said, ninth straight win. 67 career shutout last night. I mean, come on. So at this at this point, you just have to say, I'm going with my best guy. I'm putting out my best line out there. Putting my best lineup out there. That's what you do as a coach. No more games. No one's going to be upset. And if someone is upset, okay, you deal with it. The bottom line is, Marc-Andre Fleury is your best guy to put in net. Put him there and... If, if you want to give Leonard a start,
1: you know, down the road or whatever, fine. But Mark Andre is your number one, plain and simple, right? Well, to me it is, but I don't think you're going to hear Pete DeBoer say that. I think he's going to say we're going to need both guys. Uh, we're going to play the goaltender that gives us the best chance to win on a night-to-night basis. But what Flurry has done this year is, like I said, is absolutely sensational. And the thing about it is, I don't know if the average person out there realizes what an incredible athlete this guy is yeah he might be 36 years old but he works out constantly you know his cardio is supreme he you know his stretching his his physicality you know just what he does he puts in the work that's why he might be 36 years in age but he's not really 36 and you think about it he was a backup goaltender to matt murray in pittsburgh that's how he was available here You think Pittsburgh isn't thinking maybe they kept the wrong guy in that draft by making Fleury the one that was available? Matt Murray's not even heard from anymore because Tristan Yari is the goalie there. And there was talk of him going to Pittsburgh. What if it would have been Fleury and Yari this year? They probably would have won the Jennings Award for the best goaltending tandem. I mean, the Penguins have also had a really good season out there. But Fleury is a great athlete. He's, his physicality, when he makes those incredible saves, he makes them because of that working out and his limberness and his stretching and staying true to the game. And I do think he had a chip on his shoulder coming into this season. And, again, I'm not making excuses for last season because I thought he played well last season. He went through a lot of stuff. He lost his father. There was the pandemic. He's got a wife and a couple little kids, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. His focus wasn't 100% there the entire season. This year he came in after the whole thing with his agent and the sword in the back of the boar and all that kind of stuff, or the sword in Flurry's back with the boar's name on it. He came in with a focus this year and kind of like, and I know some people are talking, i tired of hearing about season one. It was the golden misfit thing. He had the chip on his shoulder. I was just talking to Ken Boakie who was in here from Sinbin mm-hmm. with Brian. Blessing right. me before for us. And I mentioned to him, look at, Remember that first draft that the Golden Knights had when everybody talked about, oh, look at these young players we got? They didn't really know who they were, but they heard they were great because they were told they were great. Who's the one guy from that draft that's actually contributed a lot to the team and has become one of the teammates on this team that that sticks on a nightly basis? It's Haig, the guy who was in the second round, the guy who had a chip on his shoulder because he said, I'm never going to forget that I wasn't drafted in the first round. Cody Glass can't find a place on the team. Nick Suzuki, now he's having success, but not with the Golden Knights. And Eric Brandstrom, when was the last time you heard about him doing anything? It was the guy with the chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted in the first round early second who's the one that's actually contributing. And then young guys like Keegan Kolasar who was on that team, but he was kind of almost like an afterthought. Well, he might make the roster someday. He's had a really good season and shown a lot of that stuff. So sometimes it is that thing. There is definitely a reality... To having that chip, and if you can keep it your entire career, it can be really advantageous. You talked about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Everybody talks about it all the time. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's never going to let anybody forget where he was drafted. And he's used it his entire career to become, I don't even know if it's arguable anymore. The greatest quarterback of all time.
0: <laughs> right, right. No, people definitely use that as, as a chip on their shoulder. I mean, uh, a guy like uh, Alex Bregman uh, w- with the Astros, he wears number two for a reason. Because, again, he was he was the second pick. And he was a little bummed out that he wasn't the, the first pick. And Michael Jordan it, always reminded it, people
1: it, that he was the third pick. Exactly. There were
0: two guys in front of me. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he goes, I will always, you know, I could very easily be number one. No, I, I want number two because... When I put on my uniform every day, that drives me and, and, and motivates me, so yeah, this is uh, the, the chip on the shoulder, and you go back to the the, the golden misfits in you know that very first year you got to remember all of those guys in, in, in i guess including flurry as well too, but they were all expendable, and none of those guys outside of Flurry were household names, Marsh or so, and all these other guys and, and they just they all had that chip on their shoulder. Remember. People were talking about this team might not win 20 games. 25, and I think I think the under over or the total wins that season was something like was 29 or 30 or, or something. like that. I think like it was that. less than that, maybe. Yeah, even. yeah I Yeah, 26. Cause I remember, something, it was remember, in the 20s. Yeah, I think it was
1: around 26. It was I remember in the 20s. they had the poll in the RJ, right. and I think it was. I think Ed Graney had him at 31, and everybody were like, mm. "What a homer!" Yeah, right. He was the most. He yeah. was the most optimistic of anybody out yeah. there. There were people like you said that were saying this team ain't going to win 20 games. Where right. are they going to get any scoring from? Right. And William Carlson, who had the 43 goal season. Right. People forget that he wasn't even on the top line until like seven or eight games in. It was supposed to be Shippashev on that line. Mm -hmm. It was other people in that. They finally were like, nobody's working out. Let's see what this kid can do. Mm -hmm. The fourth-line player out of Columbus that couldn't play. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? Columbus might have screwed up. This guy's actually really (laughs) good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Golden Knights. uh, They wait and watch tonight. And, again, I don't expect uh, Colorado to lose to the Kings. I don't expect uh, the score to be, you know, any different than last night. Sure, it could be a little bit closer. Like I said, backup, uh, you know, uh, goaltender, so what. Uh, McKinnon's still playing. You know, everybody else still playing for Colorado. And, again, you you saw how hungry they were last night. So, um and, again, it doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people say, well, if, you play, if the Golden Knights play the Blues versus the Wild, I mean, it, you, come on. You've you, you got to string you know, four series wins together there. doesn't matter. And uh, you've proven you can beat both of these guys. Sure. I mean, you struggle a little bit with, with Minnesota. So what? Get them out there. Stay focused. Uh, it shouldn't matter who you're playing. And don't get caught up in that. On uh, number two
1: seed, it really doesn't matter at this well, point. Well, if, if they lose to either one of these teams is because they weren't ready to play because they are better than either one of them. And, yeah, okay, they may have struggled with Minnesota on paper and that sort of stuff. I mentioned it before the last couple games with Minnesota. Cam Talbot's not been playing great of late. He's had a, a phenomenal season. His numbers have really gone down. And what did Minnesota do last night? When they were still in a situation where they were mathematically if Vegas lost or something, they could have still got into second place and maybe had that home ice in the first round. They got shut out and lost to St. Louis. The other team, so I'm not really sure that Minnesota is the tougher team right now at this point, although Vegas just beat St. Louis in the two of them, too. Vegas and Colorado should absolutely be the two teams playing in the final for this division. And and I noticed something else last night, too, that I heard, and I thought, wow, that, that is true. Vegas will be the only team in this division from the Pacific time zone. <laughs> That's true. Because Minnesota-St. Louis— right. And, of course, Colorado in the mountain time zone. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, because you think of, yeah, that's right. All three California teams were horrible. Mm -hmm. Arizona didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, okay. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe some earlier games, which... I'm good with <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. What are they going to do on those double header nights, though? I mean, someone's going to have to play those later games. Well, they they, they still have Edmonton up there, and yeah. you know they still have the the North Division and that sort yeah. of stuff. I I mean, I'm, I imagine it would still be Vegas for for home games and yeah. that, but you know, yeah. or even Colorado in the mountain could have just say, could have
0: a little bit later starts too. It could be looking yeah. at seven thirty starts. Yeah, so you know, you know T Mobile.
1: But but again, I, I I was like, I didn't even think of that till till they mentioned it in the last night's game, and I was like, yeah, yeah, in this division, that's right because it's not. The normal division, not even close to. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a lot to touch on
0: uh, today as well too. We talked about the NFL schedule release from last night. Of course, ESPN did their little pomp circumstance and made a big uh, production out of it. And of course, you know Raider fans are pretty excited that we touched on yesterday. The home opener, actually the regular season opener, will be Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. That will be exciting. And of course, uh, immediately, I had people reach out to me uh, last night, Aaron, talking about, hey, uh, you know, thinking about coming to town to, to you know, for that opener or coming seeing the Chiefs. Uh, Can you give me tickets? Oh, yeah, of course. I got that. And so here's my response. And, and I had to think about this before I answer this. I go, well, let me tell you something. Um, I don't even know what the ticket policy or the ticket procedure is here. Because I've never spoken with anybody in the the ticket department. I don't know who the ticket uh, director is because they've never sold a ticket before to the general public. I go, they played eight home games last year. There were no fans that were allowed in the stands. I don't even know what the procedure is. Their owner didn't even use one. Exactly. And I pointed (laughs) that out as well, too, that he stayed home and he'll be going to his first game in that stadium. As the owner of the Raiders, we're talking about Mark Davis, of course, for the, you know, the first exhibition home game. But think about that. This franchise in this city, I should say, has never had a home game as of yet. And they played a season. Now, we know there were 65,000 season ticket holders. Okay. They uh, have their tickets. But as far as, like, going out to the general public, I don't think there is such a thing. So I said, you're going to have to go to the secondary market and go to StubHub and, and some of these other places. So sure enough, what happened? Uh, the the guys who have season tickets, many of them started putting them online last night. If you want to go to the first game, the, Ra- the Raiders' first home game at
1: Elysian Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens Monday night. on Monday night, how much do you think you're going to have to pay for that ticket? Well, I know I've seen social media, and I've heard some people saying, I'm going to sell my opening game tickets, and it'll pay for my season tickets. Right. So I'm assuming that people are charging quite a bit. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, there there were tickets that were priced uh, about the average of $700 per ticket. Uh, Here's one for $796. Um, If you would like to sit uh, basically right in the club level, that would be eight thousand dollars, my friend.
1: <laughs> eight G's. Eight G's. For one football game. Sixty minutes of football. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. It's overtime. Of it, course. It's funny too, because I, I noticed one of the posts that I saw on social media, I think it was this morning, it might have been last night, and they were like, you know, I used to think Vegas Golden Knights tickets were expensive. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sell tickets to my my, my Raiders tickets for one game and I'll get the playoff all the playoff games for the Golden Knights. hmm Yeah. Um <laughs> uh... StubHub had Raiders-Ravens $747,
0: uh, and uh, those seats would be in Section 411. You know where 411 is? That's uh, located in the upper sideline.
1: So you're giving me the 411 on Section 411. Exactly.
0: Regular price ticket in Section 411, the cost for season ticket holders. Want to take a guess? Season ticket holder, face value for that ticket, For For the eight games? Huh? For the eight
1: games well, or per is it game. nine games per game? Oh, per game. Per game, yeah. Per game ticket. You mean the regular cost before they're the regular pumped up by StubHub in that? The, yeah. So say you're a season ticket holder,
0: uh, okay, and you've got to, you know, of course we're not talking about you got to pay ten, your, two you gotta, ten. You got to you 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 do your your personal seat license, of course. Well, of that gets.
1: jacks everything uh, way yeah. up. So
0: that's why I'm not counting it. So just say the regular price ticket, what it would say on your ticket, section four eleven up there, uh, high sideline. $120. Okay. So that ticket is going for $747 on the secondary it's market right now. It's supply
1: and demand, and there's only one opening game in the history of the team that people can go to see. Yeah. yeah. And it's a Monday nighter. Here we go. Uh, $824 uh,
0: if you want a semi-decent seat. That's what, what it starts from for Monday night, September
1: 13th. Ravens Raiders. It's also supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, and, and I'm sure that there are going to be people yeah. from Baltimore flying out here and they're, they're probably going to go up even more than that. So, you know, the the first home
0: game going to be a collector's item type of a ticket. You got to keep that, that you know, your ticket stub and all that stuff. But the tickets do drop a little bit after that. And of course, depending on if the team is winning or not, but still, it's the honeymoon phase. Everyone wants to get in that stadium. So all seats. For any game during the first season is going to be very, very expensive. But uh, here's one for you, Frank. Uh, cheapest ticket available for Week 5 versus the Chicago Bears?
1: Take a guess. I, I don't know. $543. Mm-hmm. Cheapest ticket. Well, it is the Bears. I mean, <laughs> right. it, it is the team that started the NFL. It is a team that without Papa Bear George Hallis, there wouldn't be an NFL right now. So they should be getting some respect. They should be getting some love. Mm-hmm. A lot of Bears fans out there. The fans are loyal. Yeah. The team, unfortunately, is frequently garbage. Upper sideline, section four thirty
0: three. Five hundred six dollars
1: for four thirty three. There you go.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yikes. Hey, we could give you a, a bargain basement discount if you want to go see the Eagles. Okay. Week seven. We can get you in for three fifty two.
1: Three
0: fifty two. Three fifty two. There you go. See Jalen Hurts. I think I'd rather see the the Eagles than I might want to see the
1: Bears. Save a little money. Oh, and so if the Raiders get off to a decent start, and then when a team like Kansas City comes in or something like that, that's oh, going to be through the roof. Exactly. Yeah. L- literally, since there is a roof on here, it will be through right. the roof. Yeah. Now, we could probably get you in,
0: you know, bargain basement if you want to go see the Washington football, whatever we're going to call them this year. I could even get you on the mezzanine. The mezzanine level. You're a little bit lower there, you know. uh, $337. Well, there you go. Give me a four-pack. And If you want to keep it up to the upper corner and in in four nineteen, three forty eight, yeah, not a cheap ticket. And
1: maybe somebody knew what they were doing when they bought those tickets, and you know, bought them as an investment. But again, but but again, the PSLs and that do oh. change things around a lot because uh, those are expensive. You're spending twenty thirty grand for just the right just to purchase the right to tickets. try to purchase the tickets for it's, sure. Yeah, totally I- insane. All right, now you, you you know what my deal is though. What's that? I go home and I turn on my TV and I got it on a big screen how much is that I have Coke in the fridge in <laughs> that you know I mean my cable is a little bit high but it's you know that's for a month <laughs> so tell you what you want to go see the Raiders on the road you, you don't mind maybe
0: freezing well this is the October 17th game Raiders at the Broncos 128 bucks well there you go there you go but you know that's what upper level that's end zone yeah so if you want a decent seat probably 200. Now, how much does that
1: get jacked up when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos? <laughs> <laughs> then it goes up. <laughs> Not happening, though. Packers are saying, what are you talking about? We never
0: told the guy that we were going to trade him. Brian Goody was saying that earlier today. We never said that we were going to trade him. What's all this talk? We never told him that. That was his camp saying that. So this line continues to get divided further and further apart funny stuff all right the big seven-footer big bill cartwright is going to join us as we talk a little nba play-in game seriously play-ins before the playoffs oh my goodness gracious this is bill cartwright of the university of san francisco dons you're listening
2: to the tc martin show he does not know westerns but he does know his sports i will be there to get him right as much as possible
0: Tighten it up there, Nunchuck. Tighten it up. What are you playing that for? No, I didn't mean the song. Why are you playing that Cartwright rejoinder? I don't know westerns. He's going to get me right. I mean, I really don't know westerns that well, except the greatest western of all time is Blazing Saddles. But I don't know if Big Bill Cartwright knows this song. There you go. So he has me on westerns. But I have them on old school music, no doubt about it. The five-time NBA champ knows a thing or two about basketball and soup of the day. But that's as far as it goes.
1: But well, I remember happier days when I didn't know this song. <laughs> what a piece of garbage.
2: <laughs>
0: I uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll kind of agree with you on that one, yeah. Big Bill, you know this song? No question. I, I can barely hear it. What is that? All right, pump it up. Here we go. 1975, Elk Grove High School Dance. When got moving, her hips were humming in the wind.
1: <laughs> the ground started shaking, no grass grew where she been.
0: There you go. Tim Brando's favorite song, ladies and gentlemen. Name that tune, Bill. Now, now, now was that a Jerry Reed song? No, it's not Jerry Reed. That's actually Jimmy Caster. If you remember the Jimmy Caster bunch, uh Jimmy Castor, you know, a lot probably too much funk for you. Uh, there in Oak Grove, but no, that's the Bertha Butt Boogie. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs>
0: I'm I don't believe that got much play. God, they're playing that uh, Shreveport, even Louisiana. Even well. They're playing that Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, in between, get down tonight, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and uh, Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Or stair- yeah, that- or stairway to heaven. Take
1: your pick. Which one of those do you like better, Frank? Uh, I, I like Black Dog quite yeah. a bit It's pretty good You know yeah. Starway to Heaven's Kind of been overplayed And, and right. they were playing that In Shreveport Because they thought They were saying Bubba Gump They thought it was about The Shrimp Company so. <laughs> There you go Bill
0: There you go Did you know any Birth of Butts in your time? Uh, I'll, I'll just say no <laughs> And just leave it at that Yeah there you go I, I, that, That's your year 1975 I figured you'd be All over that song all right. See, that, this... that
2: was my year, but that was not a song.
0: I know. What was your song in 1975? What would be your go-to? A song. Jesus.
2: You know, you're you're in 1875. You're like 70 years old. <laughs>
0: Barely knew where you were. Come on, man! You know what Walking you were doing. You're going to the the dances there. You're taking your girl out behind the bleachers over there. You're taking her in your car. Uh, you know, whatever, driving to USF. Whatever you got the you got the jams on. You got your song on. I mean, how, how do we all remember songs we went to high school with? Remember that special moment, man? I mean, come on. I remember you know parking out there at whatever it was. uh, you know, uh, Mill Station Road and, you know, finding the park there, you know, late at night, you know, after a Friday night or Saturday night or something like that. Come on, man.
2: No, I'm sorry. I I was in high school and I was playing basketball. That's pretty much all I was doing. That's all you were doing. So I don't know what you guys were doing in Folsom, (laughs) but
0: we were were, uh, just playing basketball. Oh, man. What a boring life you led there. You know, there it is. I guess... You had had to wait to turn up until the Knicks selected you, and then you started going to, you know, to Club uh, Studio 54. Now, that had to be a culture shock for you because if you're not going out and all you're doing in Elk Grove is playing basketball, how much of a shock was that New York City for you? Come on.
2: My job, but I did it gradually. I went from Elk Grove. I went to San Francisco.
0: True, true.
2: And then I took the ultimate jump. More buildings than I'd ever seen in my life, it and it's to New York City. So, um, it was it was kind of a build up, but it doesn't matter. Once you go to New York, it's like wow, this it's, it's, this is big time.
0: So, give us the who's who when you, first couple times or you went into uh, Studio Fifty Four, any of those clubs. Uh, who'd you see? Uh, celebrities, famous artists. Who'd you see? Okay, let me help
2: you. No, no Studio 54. However, I did go to some plays or I had an opportunity to meet uh, Peter Falk, Columbo. Um, I did go to a play called Fences and saw James Earl Jones and yeah. met him backstage. Nice. Uh, so I was going to, not Studio 54, but I was going to see some plays. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, Sorry. Sorry, you know, you miss that uh, uh, that era of you know wearing day uh, pants and
0: uh, Yeah, the, the bell bottoms, angel flights. I mean, your bell teammates, your teammates were going there, but you were going to Broadway instead. But your teammates were going to Studio Fifty Four.
2: Yeah, that was a little more entertaining for me, and, uh, and a lot more fun to be able to do that. Maybe go to some restaurants and uh, uh, take that in. So. That's
0: that's for me. The disco, no, sorry. That,
1: that, that's because Bill had class, and his teammates were looking for something else. There you go.
0: <laughs> Without the CL, is that right? <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, Frank has got your Billboard Hot 100 from 1975, and in. We get, you need to you're gonna have to sing a, a bar or two of uh, of, of each, each one of these songs. Okay, hopefully you, 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 you hopefully you know these songs. Yeah, I don't
1: think I, we're not gonna make you do that. But remember, <laughs> it was a very eclectic era. So this is the Billboard Top 100. I'm just gonna go over it. the number one song from 1975. Captain and Sneal love will keep us together. Not my favorite. <laughs> How about that one, Bill? You, you remember that one, don't you?
2: Uh, yes. You know, the 70s, you know, I mean, we, we we went from the 60s rock and roll, hard stuff, which was awesome, yeah, to Lovey Dovey, uh, Captain Antonio, Elton John, that kind
1: of stuff. Elton John was third with Philadelphia Freedom. a oh, great song. Yeah. Like Glenn Campbell yeah. second, Rhinestone Cowboy. How about the Rhinestone Cowboy? That's all you you got to love that. Number four was Before the Next Teardrop Falls, Freddie Fender.
0: Oh, jeez, Freddie <laughs> Fender.
1: My Eyes Adored You, Frankie Valley number five. Some Kind of Wonderful by Grand Funk. Shining Star by Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, there's one that TC will like. And,
0: and, and, and I love the... Uh uh, the Grand Funk as well too. Some yeah. kind of wonderful is great. Same song.
1: by David Bowie, "Laughter in the Rain." Neil Sedaka again, yeah. not one of my favorites. <laughs> right. One of these nights, thank God, I'm a country boy. John Denver, "Jive talk in the B.G.s." Jive talking. Best of my love, loving you, and then number fifteen, and we'll end it there. Cool. Another one that I think TC probably liked, Kung Fu Fighting.
0: Carl Douglas everybody was Kung Fu fighting yeah best of my love to the emotions you gotta love that 75 pretty good a lot of candy up there towards the top yeah that's crazy and we're not talking cameo candy all right there you go Bill there's your song buddy by the way, this yeah, best of my I, love
1: was I, the Eagles' I, best of my love. I, I that one? really yes. like this
2: song. <laughs> I like it, uh, but but the seventies music, uh, no, sorry, it was it was pretty weak.
0: <laughs> I would agree with that. There you go. All right, man. So let's uh, let's talk about this NBA season so far. All right, I know you've been watching a lot of it. When you think about the regular season, uh, how would you categorize it? You know, what, do you, what have you been watching? You, you like what you're watching? Don't like what you're watching? Let's categorize this 2021 season here.
2: Well, I think this this season is kind of just an extension of, of last year where everything was kind of shut down and now we're kind of open up a little bit. Um, I think that one makes it a little tough because of, for one thing, lack of fans and the stands. I think that makes it really hard. And also, lack of players playing every night. And it's it's, it's a real change where guys could shut themselves down for 5, 10, 15, 20 games. And then uh, you just get a lose interest because the instability... of of that team. Um, And and you do like teams like Utah uh, and and teams like Phoenix that are staying at the top basically because they've been healthy all year. They have to appreciate Philly, who's pretty young, and Brooklyn, who's new. If those teams could stay right where they are, uh, because they've been, for the most part, pretty stable, even though they maybe have a guy or two out at a time. They haven't shut guys down. Um, could it hurt them uh, during the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I think that you have to have to be playing your best basketball going into the playoffs. You can't just turn it off and on. You have to have a solid rotation. you have got to get great performances. So... Uh, you know, the season's about over, so we'll see who's playing well. Uh, this format, this this 10-team format, uh, I don't like it. Of course I don't. I like the old format. I thought it was fine. Stop changing stuff. There's no reason to. Uh, but it is what it is. And it's just going to come down to who's playing the best basketball.
0: You know, for me, you hit the nail on the head with one of the things that I've just – Kind of shake my head at with this season. One is the injuries, like you talked about, and it's just not even injuries because we don't know the severity of a lot of these guys with the injuries. But you know, when your stars aren't playing and you really don't know if they're going to play or not, I mean that hurts the league. And then the other thing is, is the blowouts. I can't recall seeing the thirty and forty, and yes, even fifty-point blowouts that we have seen these (laughs) non-competitive games. It's terrible. It really. Have you seen anything like this? Can you remember seeing this many injuries and blowouts in a single season?
2: No, I've never seen this many blowouts, and it's really amazing. Um, To where you know when teams used to play back to back, they would guys would still play. Um uh, maybe if these starters were playing then the second group come in and they would play maybe a little more of that game. But you have the you have the entire team playing. Now I don't I I, I don't get it. Uh, we know it's trendy. Uh guys get tired, uh but they've always gotten tired so so, so, the new norm is save yourself uh, really for the end of the year so it's it's just a new era of basketball It's just something that I don't think it's great uh, it can't be great for the bands where you where you have guys uh you wanna see your best players and you wanna see you wanna see other players. But you consistently want to see really good basketball from that team's best players, able to make plays and have your team be consistent and win basketball games. We just have not seen that. Nobody wants to watch a game. Everybody's gonna turn it off. Third quarter you're down by thirty points. Who in the world is gonna watch that game? So, um uh, I I don't know. Hopefully, this next year they'll get back to a normal season. Well, all that silliness will stop. But uh, the only thing we can really attribute it to is uh, the virus and what's going on there. Uh, Once they get their fans back, get everybody back, everybody in the stands, everybody excited, everybody excited to play. Everybody a full season of rest. Hopefully we'll get back to normal, to whatever that's going to be.
1: You know, Bill, when you're talking about the playoffs coming up this year, it seems like every year going into playoffs, people in general and in the media certainly always say, well, this is the team to beat or these are the couple teams that could win it all. Do you have that sense that this year there is that team or that, that small group or something? Or because there hasn't been that consistency and we've seen so many injuries and rosters change on almost a night-to-night basis or week-to-week for sure, is it hard to figure out like what to expect from the teams going into the playoffs this year because of that lack of any kind of symmetry or just really knowing what's been going on in the regular season?
2: This year, people should be really excited because, yeah, nobody knows it's going to win. And you've got more teams in, so now you have a possibility of some big upsets coming. So, uh, you know, you can get a team, and TC could be happy. Golden State could get really excited right now. They've got uh, they've got a terrific score. They got a bunch of young players. They can get excited. They can hurt somebody in a playoff series. So, um, you know this this is going to be this is going to be interesting, amazing that uh, this has never happened. Uh, so I'm assuming we're going to see something kind of funky go on, something we've never seen before.
0: Uh, So,
2: you know, it it could be really, really interesting.
0: You know, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, It is so funky that I don't want to say that I've lost interest here, but really the only team that I am really excited to see is the Golden State Warriors. And because of Steph Curry. I really don't care for their roster. They have a lot of young guys, but they have overachieved. They're playing well. And anytime you can watch Steph Curry, that is must see T V. You gotta do it. And just think I'm, you know, if Clay Thompson was there. But yeah, it, it's just this this season is weird, Bill. It's lack of fans, it's the injuries, it's the blowouts. And for me, it is I probably watched the least amount of NBA basketball during the regular season I, I've watched in some time and I will say and I have never could really say this before I am more interested in the the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs than I am probably the NBA playoffs and the moment that the Warriors get eliminated I mean of course I'm going to watch it and everything but I just don't have that that interest and I think a lot of it has to do because of the carryover from last year because that was so discombobulated and again fans not really being allowed back in the building, at least in big numbers, yeah, it, it it's done a number on me. Well, you know, it's 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 just going to be different. That's all. And,
2: you know, I don't like different – I don't like changes with right. things that are already good. Um, but I think you have to go with it. And like I said, hopefully we'll see something special. And, and you never know. Maybe a team like Dallas, who plays similar to Golden State, maybe they'll do extraordinarily well. Uh, maybe Phoenix, you know, they've got, uh, they've got a great scoring tandem. Maybe they'll do something special. Uh, we don't know. And, and I think that that's maybe what we should hang our hat on. And the fact that we don't know is, is there's, there's no big two teams right now that are dominant.
1: You know, one uh, of the other things going, well,
2: well, let me ask you something. should we be happy with that? Should we be happier now that we've been in the past when I've heard complaining here about these super teams, these dominant teams, and now do we have that now?
0: No, you why? Just, why, you, why are we happy now? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if anybody's happy, but but you're right. And then when you spread out the power a little bit, now you got Durant going over to the East, and you know with Kyrie Irving and that team, I don't think a lot of people are crazy about that. But you can even say that they've underachieved a, a little bit. But you know, LeBron, the Lakers, a little bit of a letdown. They won it last year, and again, you hardly can see LeBron on the court very much because of the injuries. So I, I don't know. Is is, is this? Uh, Is it kind of watered-down play? Maybe I feel it's a little watered-down. I don't know what it is. Well,
1: you also used to have a situation, too, where everybody said, well, all the powers in the West (laughs) or, you know, the majority powers in the East years ago or whatever – is there really that this year? Is there that separation? Is one conference that much stronger than the other? Because we've seen so much inconsistency. And, not, and, and no. teams that, you know, maybe some are a little bit better than people expected, like a Phoenix and that, and other ones, like you said, that people thought, oh, well, this is going to be a juggernaut, and they haven't quite lived up to it. But now it's playoff time, and maybe they turn it around, and they will. So I, I think there's maybe more question marks going into the playoffs this year from a general standard. And as far as having that dominant team, People always say that they don't like that if it's not their team. But then when it's not, there are a lot of people also complain that well, I don't know what to make of it this year. So yeah, people should yeah. be happier, but people like to complain. But that's true. And look where we we've
0: been at in the NBA. We've had that dominant team for the better part of the last decade, where we've seen that, and we're used to it. Now all of a sudden, it's been flipped. I mean, think about it. the Utah Jazz, number one seed. I mean, they play great basketball. They're they're entertaining to watch. But you're right. It, it's Utah. You know, so a lot of people
1: on the street might not even
0: know that they're the number one seed. That is true, and and you mentioned Phoenix, Bill, same type of thing as well, too. And people probably and they think, well, Brooklyn, because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, yeah, they're the best team out in the East. That's not true, (laughs) so. yeah, it's so you're right. You're right, Bill. We should be kind of embracing this. Like, hey, this is kind of a good thing. And maybe once the playoffs get going and more fans are allowed in these buildings that we're going to get that playoff atmosphere, but we just haven't seen it because it's been more of, like you said, in the beginning of this, it's more of what we saw last season. It's the carryover, and that was, that was dreadful for everybody.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. And look, what are we? Really, the New York Knicks. New York Knicks, fourth seed right now. Yeah, think about that. I mean, I mean, come on. Crazy. That's, yeah, like I said, we should be thrilled right now huh. because because we don't know what's going to happen. Huh. There, You know, there there may be, I don't know, four or five teams that could win it right now. We don't know. Huh. The, the, the only thing we know is that we don't know, which should be great. Huh. So that's it's it's going to be really interesting. This, you know, there's going to be a lot of people complaining about the format now that we've added uh, now there's ten teams. So uh, we'll get some backlash from that because,
0: uh, of course, that can't happen. Uh, which makes it, to me that makes it even better. So I'll leave you with this New York Knicks reference since you brought up the Knicks here. As you know, the WNBA starts this weekend. The Aces uh, play in Seattle, and they've got the ABC game, the national televised game, uh, Aces and Storm, on Saturday at, at noon, Bill. And I heard Bill Lambeer uh, say today, it was over at practice, and he says, hey, uh, I'm going to uh, I guess I'm gonna have to get dressed up. Uh, you know, because we're on national television with ABC. He goes, I'm going to probably dress like Clyde Frazier. Can you picture that? Can you picture Bill Lambier dressing up as Walt Clyde Frazier? Nobody.
2: Okay, <laughs> let's say it this way. Nobody could dress like Clyde Frazier. There you go. <laughs> Nobody can. There you so go. Just, just, just leave it alone. And remember, Clyde, when he left New York... Uh, he went to Cleveland, unfortunately. got traded to Cleveland for Jim Clemens. And, you know, he, he was wearing the same outfit out of rolls. that was wearing a, uh, a fur coat, which did not go well in Cleveland. So <laughs> nobody dresses like Clyde.
0: You got that right. Not even the big seven-footer, even though I know you look good in your angel flights. But there you go. It's going to be a
1: big fur yeah. coat, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's lucky they're opening in Seattle, in Seattle and not here. It'd be really hot for a fur coat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my exactly. man. Have a good weekend, man. Enjoy. Eat some good food. And we'll talk
0: to you next week.
2: All right, guys. Today, I'm going to Froggy's right now.
0: Oh, he's in Chicago. I didn't even know that. He's going he's to Froggy's. He's going French to Froggy's. He's going to get the French onion soup. Wee wee. <laughs> Take a picture and send it. You got to send it oh. to me so I can show Numb Chuck and Frank. They're dying for that French onion soup. All right, I got it done. All right, buddy. Take care.
1: No wonder he's All a right, good in Chicago, exactly. Yeah, Chi-Town is my town. Yeah, he spent a lot of, spent a lot of time back there. You know why not? I'd like to. Uh, I, I need know. to go back there and visit again soon. I know, right?
0: All right, I I, I picked out a Packer game on the schedule. We'll, we'll talk about that next hour. Picked out a Packer game. We'll we'll go do the show from there. Maybe make a run through Chicago. How's that? (laughs) Sam Gordon's going to join us. Chuck Esposito next hour. Don't you dare go anywhere. T.C. Martin show on this Thursday.